Welcome to Sounds Familiar, a podcast where we discuss two pieces of media that share themes, plot points, or overarching ideas. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram to keep up to date with our upload schedule, news, and discussions. Take your seat, grab your popcorn, and silence your cell phones now. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Sounds Familiar. My name is Caleb and rah, wind in the sails. My name is Stephanie and mostly we figured that means yes. Sure hope I didn't blow anyone's eardrums out, but I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> With your parents. I saw voice. the other, you see the spike right yeah, there in the I audio? Yeah, I know, I know. It's a little, it's, you know. You parroted too hard. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well unfortunately this is not a pirate episode, though pirates will be discussed. Mostly because there aren't a whole lot of pirate movies to choose from. It's a shame. It is. Uh, There's like old pirate movies. And I guess Peter Pan's kind of a pirate movie. Wait, which Peter Pan are we talking? Any like, Peter Pan. Uh, they all have pirates in them. Well, uh, we had Hook. And okay, then the long period of take, silence. I was going to say, that's the, still a Peter Pan movie. Disney's attempt to bring back Peter Pan after Pirates was a hit. What? Did Disney not make the one with Hugh Jackman? Uh, Wasn't there one that was just called Pan or something like that? I don't know. There was one that came out in 2003 that's actually pretty good, but I don't think it was made what? by Disney. That's oh. a live action Peter Pan. Uh, the only one I've seen is the animated one. Uh, no, the one from 2003 is actually, I oh, I like that one. You know what, I'm lying. I've seen Hook. I think it's from anyway. 2003. It's from somewhere around there. Anyways. You know what else is from 2003? Both of, Both the, of movies the movies we're discussing <laughs> today. Yes, and uh, so our point of comparison uh, is not not pirate movies and not exactly movies that came out in 2003, though they both are. It's actually uh, movies based on Disney attractions, Disney rides. Right. We uh we also could have gone with The Country Bears, which came out in 2002, but, you know, we That's didn't okay. want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Given the choice between the two of them, uh, we chose The Haunted Mansion. Yes, we did. And the Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, yeah, uh, so... A no distinct and noticeable difference in quality. <laughs> right. And uh, longevity. And feels like more budget went into one than the other as well. But, yes. um, like, Haunted Mansion very much feels like kind of one step up from a Disney Channel original movie in terms of, like, budget and star power. Um, <laughs> but they, they do have in common that they are rides based on... Sorry, they are movies based on uh, Disney World and, I assume, Disneyland as well. They both originated in Disneyland, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, there is a Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion in both Disney World and Disneyland. Mm -hmm. Because okay, uh, we've only ever been to Disney World, but we know that Disneyland was there first and originated a lot of the attractions, so yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, do you know why audio animatronics are called audio animatronics? It's not because they move and make sound. It's because they were originally programmed with uh, audio tapes. That's what held their instructions. Was literally like eight track cassette ta or cassette tapes. That's so interesting. I don't really know how right. that works. I, 
Yeah, I always thought it was because they moved at Meat's house. <laughs> nope, it's because audio tapes were uh, their what was record their original programming was recorded to. Okay, that's cool. Huh. The name is no longer accurate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I guess they're just it's keeping the general it. term for the thing. You know, they should just start calling them r- robots that are fun and are at Disney. I don't know. <laughs> We'll get you that job as a, as an Imagineer one day, yeah, Stephanie. Yeah, Maybe that. not in the names department. Um, um. So yeah, we we didn't have a lot to choose from, but I mean, to be fair, Caleb has told me about the Haunted Mansion movie before, which I, I've never seen. I guess if we're getting into experiences, it could have been a contender. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, the, I think that's the. I think we agree on that. Uh, yeah, like, it, it it could have been a lot better. Probably. So, are we ready to just dive into yeah, it? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, experiences with this movie. Uh, my family owned the DVD, like, since the movie came out when I was in elementary school, and I watched it a fair few times in elementary school and uh, middle school. Um, That's and... funny that you watched it, because... I don't know, because you don't like to watch spooky things. Usually. No, uh, 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 that's not accurate. Well, you don't like to watch... I don't like scary. I like spooky. <sighs> well, th- I don't... But this feels like it could be scary to a kid. Literally, the only scary scene is the scene with the zombies. Yeah, that's pretty fucking scary. I mean, that's true. There's... No- okay, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, So, this is not Caleb's first time seeing it. It is my first time seeing it. Um, I somehow did not watch this when i was a kid though i have been enjoying the haunted mansion ride it's one of my favorite disney rides since i don't know since i was a kid um and i i always really loved yeah i really love the rides that both of these are based on because absolutely they're two of my favorites to they're this very day. atmospheric and they kind of mm-hmm. tell a little bit of a story the audio animatronics are really great um, they're like dark rides, so they it, it's a lot more immersive than mm-hmm. some other rides. They both have fantastic lines. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't mind waiting in line for these at all. Oh yeah, the que- queuing areas is that what they're called? Sure, like... I'm sure Disney has specific words for it. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Are, oh right, are great and and very much like gets you kind of in the in the mood that it's going <laughs> for. <laughs> Pardon me. Pirates has the better line though because more of it is inside. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess, um, yeah, I, I have spent a fair amount of time waiting outside at the Haunted Mansion. Of course, you get you get to the part with all the little, like, gravestones and everything, with, like, the funny epitaphs. Right, and they recently added the interactive one, where you, yeah. it's, like, touch-sensitive, interactive, yeah. the uh, little, like, outdoor mausoleum thing. I do appreciate um, how Disney has been endeavoring to make their lines a little more bearable by adding more, like, interactive stuff. Yes. <laughs> Given how much time some people spend in there. Given that Disney gets busier and busier every year. Uh-huh. Even as the prices go up. Yep. Yep, it's rough. But, um, yeah, no, I, I always did love going into, like, when you finally get inside... And mm-hmm. um, there you the hear music the music starts playing yeah. and the temperature drops twenty degrees. Oh yeah, which is always nice, honestly. <laughs> and I've been, I've been trapped on the haunted mansion before, <laughs> on that you know the part where it it, um, it's right before you get to the graveyard 
and the doom buggies turn backwards yep. and like you don't yep. you go down a slight incline yep. i was stuck on that for like 20 minutes right next to one of the doors that's constantly knocking and no, shaking that's so annoying um no. it was really creepy at first and i eventually uh. um, like just got over it and almost fell asleep <laughs> that's true i suppose it could be kind of comfortable i think i've been briefly stuck on it before probably with you but fortunately never for too long yeah I've never gotten stuck on pirates. wonder why that is. I don't know. It's a well-oiled machine, I guess. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's so old. Um, okay, so Haunted Mansion. Wow, what to say about it this movie? It is not as bad as I was expecting it to be on a rewatch. <laughs> you were afraid it It's be. not terrible. It could have been better. No, I mean, like, it's bearable. Right, yeah, it's not unwatchable. Yeah. It has good things going for it that you wish were more. Yeah. No, very, very much so. It. I think what we talked about as being kind of, like, the heart of maybe some of the issues with it is that it's trying to be a lot of different things at once, or... Right, <laughs> it is. See, Pirates is trying to be a specific thing, but something that predated that specific time period a bit you know like the yeah. the it's in the genre of the action adventure movies like the mummy yes um, a lot of similar a lot of the mummy, mummy movies like that haunted mansion half of the movie wants to be a particular type of family comedy that is very specifically stuck in the year 2003 <laughs> yes. all right um yeah it stars eddie murphy as a dad who works too much and he's ah, constantly joking and quipping and you know we've got uh daddy daycare you know uh, dr doolittle um it's also doing stuff like, like you know trying to, uh, it's there were there were so many just bad family <laughs> comedies that came out in the 2000s That's true. i wonder what was in the water and for that who knows and and this is half of this movie is trying to be that mm. Um, the other half is where the potential is, mm. you know, um, it's yeah, the that... fact that it is, it is a house divided. Yeah. Right. And that's, it's not to say that you can't have like a fun family comedy that also is spooky, but it's not easy or it's, it's not as easy as it would be if you leaned harder in one direction or the right. other. Right. I mean, like Pirates is pretty funny but it's not trying to be a comedy right it's not right. also not trying to be a family comedy yeah exactly it is it was able to ride that pg-13 line that it feels like haunted mansion wasn't allowed to do yeah um right i think yeah haunted mansion is specifically trying to be for a slightly younger audience or more so than a younger audience a family audience like you said because i think it is trying to appeal to adults as well as kids, as opposed to just being a kids' movie the way some would be. But, you know, kids don't care about Eddie Murphy. <laughs> that's for adults. <laughs> like, it, but, yeah. Um, well, that's... Yeah, there are other movies that have kind of done that. Like, we've talked about, like, uh, Hocus Pocus, for instance. Like, that's kind of a... That's, that's a kids' movie, you know, but... I don't know. Of course, that one also has some tonal weirdness sometimes. It does have some very weird, very strange tonal <laughs> clashes going on. But yes. this movie suffers distinctly from the the specific type of 
comedy it's trying to be. Right. It's not trying to be yeah. a movie that isn't so inappropriate for kids, but also has a little bit of humor in it, like like pirates. You yeah. Know? But it, it's... <sighs> I think it's particularly frustrating for me because the two sides of this movie that we talked about, one side... I'm always a fan of in movies, and the other side, I'm usually not a fan of, so I'll admit that I'm biased, like, I love spooky shit, <laughs> I love haunted houses, um, I don't know, I love the the undead love story and all that kind of shit that's kind of like, like, Dracula, but for babies. Yes, it feels, it's um, <laughs> very Dracula-esque. Yeah. But I, what I don't love as much is the 90s 2000s family comedy mode that is like oh the dad works too much but he sure is funny and the mama i don't know she's there and yeah. also there are kids like stephanie hates riffing <laughs> yes okay so so full disclosure i i the whole eddie murphy era was a little before my time and so the only things that i'm really familiar with him from are, are their shark movies because I'm, a, I don't know, I'm a baby millennial, so that was right. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's my only really uh, encounter with him or or Mike Myers for that matter. Um, but <laughs> so I I never really saw much Eddie Murphy stuff. So whenever he's talking in this movie, I'm just like, yeah, he's doing Donkey. Then I'm like, no, Donkey <laughs> is doing Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> yeah, right. I realize that it, and also. Okay, speaking of the riffing, it doesn't help that we didn't watch this with subtitles because the Disney Plus subtitles kind of suck awful. ass. I hate them. Yeah, they, they're they just like the black bars instead of just appearing organically at the bottom of the screen. It, it's mm. bad. Um, So, uh, I'll be honest, the riffing only bothered me so much because I couldn't hear half of it. I was like, what is this man saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I can only, I, I have no idea, but I can only assume it's probably not plot relevant or important. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, but... On the other hand, they're not going to hire Eddie Murphy and not have him riff, so <laughs> there's that. Right. But, but of course, um, going from there, we might as well get into like some I, of the... Hold um, on, I want to talk about Eddie Murphy for a second, because I'm it. having a thought. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't bother me in the Shrek movies, right? No, it, no, because he's the sidekick. He's like the funny sidekick it's, character. Well, yes, one, it helps that he's the sidekick and not necessarily the spotlight. But two, I think it's different because in Shrek it actually feels like a character trait. Like he's constantly yeah. riffing because he's, and it gets pointed has, out by Shrek. He's like, just stop talking. Right. He <laughs> has anxiety and he feels the need to fill yes. the silences, and yes. he's also used to being alone and like. Uh, you got me in my feelings about Donkey right, right. now, Right. <laughs> so like, it's a character trait, and a lot of these yes. other movies, like this one. He's just, just riffing. Yeah, he's yeah. just riffing to riff. He's just a dude who talks a lot. Right. Right. And and I think like I think there's a place for that kind of character if you're gonna lean into the comedy which the movie is trying to do. I do think that it doesn't quite mesh with like there isn't a real conflict behind it or a real reason for him to be that way. Like the whole like, oh, you know, you work too much, you need to just go on this trip with your family, that doesn't really go anywhere it's just kind of like no it really other movies doesn't we're doing that so you need to do it like obviously i'm me so i'm gonna go in this direction so feel free to disagree but if they're gonna do the whole his wife might get stolen by a ghost thing 
you need to have a little more like conflict there, oh, right? Like, like in their maybe she should actually feel a little neglected by her husband. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think they try to do that, but it doesn't. Really... They weren't bold enough, <laughs> right? Well, that's that's the other thing. Like, it's a little funny that they try to do this plot as like it's a very much a family movie, so they can only do so much. A guy's trying to steal another guy's wife, like they right? They do, do so little with that. it that the entire. <laughs> So, at a certain point in the movie, probably about halfway through, um, so, the the mansion is haunted, um, go figure, and, mm-hmm. um, the head of the household, uh, there's a curse on the house, and nobody who lived, like, in the house and none of their guests, um, I guess at a party they were throwing, can, can pass on, because the master of the house, um, uh, killed himself because his, uh, fiancé, or fiancé-to-be died. Um, and he believes that Eddie Murphy's wife is his fiance, like reincarnated because they look exactly alike. Right. And so about halfway through the movie, um, the master of the house ends up as like giving her a tour of the house and telling her about the grounds and about his fiance and all all this. And he's just constantly saying this weird shit, just throwing (laughs) up red flags left and right. And, and, um. I can't even remember she her name. Reacts. Yeah, and she's she she's just like, oh, that's so sad. I'm so sorry. For I know. You. If I was like, her, I would have started being like, so I need to go grab my husband real she, quick. She <laughs> like... does not get suspicious at all. My man is just being sketchy as hell, and it's not until the moment that he says, "I'm a ghost. My fiance is dead. I think you are her. We should get married." That she's like, "Oh, Whoa, I gotta, I gotta go." I got a thing. Um, yeah. Right. Like even if. It still would have been more interesting if she was like a little afraid and was like humoring him or something. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's I, I anything can't other tell than obliviousness. If it's the actress or if it's the script or the direction or but but this girl is not. She barely reacts to anything. Right. She like she's just kind of sailing sailing through it. And I guess she's kind of the straight man, whereas like I don't know to Eddie Murphy or whoever, but. As, unfortunately, wife characters almost always were in these kind of movies. Like, (laughs) the mom is boring and just wants the family to do stuff and, like, no one really cares. And the dad's fun, but also he has some conflict. Like, yeah, it's a thing. Um, But you definitely needed her to be a stronger character if you want this subplot to work. Or plot, honestly. Right, because (laughs) you're you're right. The the premise of this is... First off, the premise makes zero sense to me. So the husband and wife own a real... They're both realtors, and they have their own real estate company together. And it's their anniversary, and he's, like, signing a big deal. And then on his way out of signing that big deal, on his way to their dinner, two other people are stopping, like, hey, we want to buy a house. And so he's late for dinner, and he gets home, and the wife is upset. And I'm like, aren't you... They're both realtors. You both do this they, together. Yeah. The, um, <laughs> she would get it. Like, right. Like, I feel like all you'd have to do is, like, send a text, like, hey, I might be able to make another deal right now. And you'd be like, you know what? We could do dinner tomorrow. Right. What do I know? I'm not in their relationship. I'm not, <laughs> well, I feel like, if um, anything, she might be annoyed at the circumstances, but she wouldn't be annoyed at him. Right. And if it would make more sense if they were different if they had different jobs yes but yes if they had different jobs we also wouldn't have the conceit that gets yep. them in the house yep. so someone uh drops flyers for their business in front of the haunted mansion and that's how they see a picture of of the wife character yeah and it- why they get called and invited so they're gonna she's like he says i'm sorry i missed dinner 
You and me and the kids were going to go dinner. away for the whole weekend. <laughs> what? You said, I'm sorry, Miss Dinner. <laughs> Miss whatever her name is. <laughs> I, admit, I said, I'm sorry, I missed I'm sorry, dinner. I mean, you swallowed the eye. I swallowed the eye. <laughs> okay, so never mind. Said, I am for real. <laughs> um... So he's, yes, he he, he apologizes for missing dinner and says that the whole family's going to go away for the weekend. And then they get a call um, from the butler um, inviting them to the mansion. And he's like, oh, man, this could be a big, uh, big break for us. We can make a lot of money on this. It'll be 20 minutes tops, you know, 20 minute adventure in and out. Um, this does not happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> weird, wacky stuff. Uh and I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, I okay. Found the I found the tracks again. Yeah. Um. They get to the house. They have dinner, and then it starts storming, and like the road floods, and they can't leave. And then basically from that point forward, the conceit is dropped because also the husband and wife are split up for basically the rest of the yeah. movie after that point. So there can't even be any real conflict. Like, he has to bond with his kids a little bit, but it, he never felt that distant from them to begin with. Yeah, which kind of leads me to one of my, my big criticisms, which is that I don't think the kids need to be there or even really should be there. But the problem is if you take out the kids, it seems less like a family comedy, which is what they right. want it to be. But the kids... The kids... The, the, the kids are fine as characters. The problem is the story doesn't do anything with the kids as characters. The closest thing the closest they come to doing something with the kids is the the little boy has a little bit of an arc of learning to overcome fear, which is fine, but the sister doesn't really get an arc. Like she's just kind of there and does stuff sometimes. And like I don't know. I I just <laughs> once again, it's in this weird middle area. It's like we'll either do more with it or drop it, kind of. But right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, did I mention that this movie was directed by uh, the co-director of The Lion King? That's wild. I maybe they got the wrong co-director. <laughs> uh, or maybe they work no, better as me, a team. Let me just put it: this man does not have as many credits under his name as you would expect from a freaking director yeah, of The Lion King. He's got uh, less than 20 directing credits, and um, most of them are not great. He's That's got this, so Stuart Little, uh, basically after The Lion King. Some just people kind of are one-hit wonders, man. I, I don't know how that pans out, but sometimes the stars just align, but they never align for you again. Um, yeah, yeah, that, so, um, oh Of course, gosh. who knows? Maybe it was just the types of movies he was given. Maybe yeah, they were I mean, like, that's make true. family he comedies. Might... He was, was like, like I made the I goddamn Lion King. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> give me something better. Give me something with teeth. I know. <laughs> um. So. So yeah, the the a lot of the plot follows kind of a maybe a little bit of a fetch quest. Or... A little unraveling the mystery. Yes, uh, they have to. Which I do like the setting of the sprawling mansion as, like, the setting where most of the plot happens. Because, you know, as they unlock different parts of the mystery, they, like, move throughout the the, the giant set of the house. You get mm -hmm. to see the different parts. Mm -hmm. um, which is always fun. I always love a movie that kind of takes you through a big house <laughs> and le lets you see all the, like, secret passageways and things. Yeah, and there are multiple scenes that are 
you know, lifted straight from the Haunted Mansion ride. Like, they go through the attic, you see the bride's dress, except in this time there's no backstory about her murdering her husband's, um, you make it out to the graveyard, um, you know, there's the duel happening, um, you see the ghost dancing in the ballroom, there's the acapella busts, um, singing Grim Grinning Ghosts, um, now that you mentioned fetch quest i just realized something so they have to go get the key to the chest with the fiance's stuff which is where they'll find the letter that she wrote before she died that the master of the house has never seen i don't know if it's ever mentioned why this random corpse has this key or who it is it seems important because they're the central, like, tomb in this mausoleum. Yeah. And nothing's ever made of it. It's just like, you have to go to the mausoleum and get this key. Okay. It's not her corpse. Why does this specific... I don't really remember. No, why would they... They have to fight it. Oh, why would yeah. they have to fight <laughs> and subsequently behead her corpse? Why would they have to fight any corpses? Um, what causes them to fight? But I don't know. Maybe the <laughs> butler. The butler was like, you guard this key or I'll make your afterlife hell. I um, guess so. I don't know either, but he's threatening other ghosts all <laughs> right, the time. So is, clearly so he has like, some sort of ability to inflict punishment on others. Uh, yeah, it's, the movie tells you that it is, so it is. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's a little confusing. And, and if I ever watch it again, <laughs> I, I will need to watch it with subtitles because th- there is some exposition that I missed, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, they go around, they get the keys, uh, they, there's the crystal ball lady who, I guess, delivers some exposition. Madame Leota. Yeah. Well, I knew that. I just didn't know if everyone would know who that was. (laughs) I don't even know if she's a ghost or not because of the ending. Like, I don't know. Right, because when the curse is broken, she sticks around. She's still in the ball, and I'm like, oh god, what did she do to get trapped in this hell forever? But, I don't know, she doesn't really seem to mind. But she also says free us from the curse. I don't fucking know. I don't get it. Whatever. Anyway. (laughs) Well, the less you know, Stephanie, the better. (laughs) Apparently. Apparently. Um, anyways, so she's there. Um, they have to go fight some, some zombies, which, yeah, it's probably the one part of the movie that's, like, actually scary, and I'm like, oh, Yeah, okay. it's, it's like walking into a dungeon in, uh, or it's like walking into Bleak Falls Barrow the first time you play Skyrim, and being like, there are zombies in this game! <laughs> no, I didn't sign up start, for zombies. You, they start making that horrible barking sound, and they bust out of their coffins and climb out of the walls, <sighs> and it's exactly like this scene in the movie. Yup, yup. Um, <laughs> so they they gotta fight some zombies uh but that ends up being pretty much okay uh wh- where do they go after the zombies oh god back to the attic i don't yeah yeah the fuck the, oh my god <laughs> i can't keep this movie straight in my yep, head yep so like basically all that happens is like the dad and the wife and the kids all get separated from each other the ghost of the fiance leads the kids to the attic where they run into like the ghosts of the help played by wallace sean and some Yes, who are, like, Um, them and the butler are, like, the only members of the help who really have any lines. Um, the dad ends up with, finds Madame Leota, and they all wind up together somehow, and they're like, you gotta go get this key to open this chest, and so they go do that, while the entire time the wife is being given this really, really long tour of the house by the master of the house. 
and then they get the key they open the chest and it turns out that the fiance was didn't kill herself she was in fact murdered by the butler because the butler didn't approve of the marriage yeah that was also for a weird unspoken point. reasons i was like it would have made more sense if it was like the guy's like father or mother who poisoned her and not the freaking butler guy but no we had to do it so that we could get eddie murphy saying the butler did it um because this uh, this movie is also incredibly referential We've got the, oh, the little kids saying, I see dead people. Oh, yeah. Um, we've got uh, Eddie yeah. Murphy dropping clue references. Yep, yep. That's, that, was de- that was another thing that was very in the water at the time. Um, yeah, so it turns out, yeah, he poisoned her. And once again, like, the whole, like, <laughs> reincarnated ghost bride thing is, like, the only aspect of the story that I'm kind of interested in because it's very, you know, gothic horror, gothic romance, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so it almost gets a little interesting for a second. Almost. It's almost. But then that is undermined by the fact that it makes zero goddamn sense because there's been this, um, ghost ball, this light ball guiding our heroes throughout the house, um, that then possesses the, the body of the wife. And it turns out that the ghost ball was the ghost of the fiance. And she's like, thank you for helping. And I'm like, why was she only a ball? Why couldn't she manifest, like, every other ghost in the house and just be like, hey, your butler killed me? Yeah, that would have been cool. Um, there would have been a cool scene where she, like, walks out of the darkness all glowy, like, in her dress or something like that. And it's like, you must free me from this curse. Like, it tells them, the, like, the backstory and everything. That no, would be what really I'm cool. saying is why she couldn't have manifested mm-hmm. to the other ghosts and yeah, told her okay. fiance a hundred years ago, she, "Hey, like, your butler killed." Was me. she? Tra- she must have been trapped by something that they like did, you know, like with the key. Or- I don't know. <laughs> There's no explanation given, much like how the butler is well, defeated at the end it. because they figure out he did it, and the master of the house is like, "I can't believe you would do this to me." Blah blah blah. I loved I her. Believe you've done this. And then he goes, "Damn you all to hell!" And then the fireplace turns into a portal to hell, and like a fire dragon th- demon thing comes out and grabs the butler and drags him down to hell. And, and you're almost like, I... gets Eddie Murphy. So it's like it can just like also grab random people, but like the butler grabbed him. Okay, but still, but it's like that shouldn't be possible because it's like going by physically. Ah. They've been physically interacting with these ghosts all night. Okay, I know. I just, what I just like, it ah. just happens out of nowhere. It's like the fact that he said, "Damn you all to hell," and hell was like, "Oh hell no!" <laughs> Speak of the devil, uh, and right? And he shows up and then takes the bad butler man and ta-da! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's gone. Well, and uh, right, and there, there's an attempt at uh, dramatic tension where it looks like the the wife might be what dead, like she might right. be like going up to because she almost to... drank some poison. Oh yeah, the poison. And then she, she was possessed the by the body of the ghost fiance and kissed the the ghost master of the house. And uh, Eddie Murphy has to tap him on the shoulder and be like, "Hey, that's my wife." And then whenever the ghost separates from the body, the wife is alive again. Mm. Yeah. Like, right, right, and, um, but, the, yeah, at that point she's able to manifest to her also ghost love, and it, it, and it's good, they happy, and they go to and heaven. And all of the ghosts are able to proceed to the laughter life. The laughter life. The laughter life. <laughs> that sounds pretty great. Um, yeah, so it's a happy ending, you're just not quite entirely sure how you got there, but hey, better than a sad ending that you're not entirely sure how you got there. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, and so they all learned 
to love. To and they all learn the value of family. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, that's also the thing. It's like they didn't not have that right, to how begin did, with. How did this teach Eddie Murphy to work less or to value his family more? Because guess what? They just got given this ridiculous mansion to either live in or sell for a massive profit. Um, yeah. It's... I feel like it would have made a little more sense if, like, the ghost story had had more parallels with their own life. And, yeah. like, oh, don't repeat repeat the mistakes of the past that led to so much pain. If, right. If because you make better choices, yada, yada. That as it is, thing. it's like, oh, Eddie Murphy saved his children from an evil ghost, which, like, he would always have done yeah he wouldn't just I... <laughs> not do that like and now you could have them kids or like yeah you could ghost you can marry my wife and the wife just be like yeah i'll marry this ghost like <laughs> my husband doesn't love me exactly i, leave him for a ghost I mean man. to be fair if you're not doing so well with your husband leaving for a hot old-timey ghost man could be cool maybe even though you would probably die that wouldn't be so great corpse bride did it better that's true there there's a lot of corpse bride in this and we we do love corpse bride on this podcast so yeah yeah that that's the thing like like i said it does have those elements i enjoy the whole like Mm. marrying the dead like um reincarnated lovers but like what you know what shout out to uh my friend who got married like three weeks ago who had Corpse Bride music playing before her wedding, and then her and her husband said the vows from Corpse Bride, and then had no other Disney <laughs> or Tim Burton or Corpse Bride anything anywhere they in the wedding. They really just liked those elements. It was just that one thing. No, she wanted to walk the aisle to the song, the piano to uh, Emily's song, and uh, she got overruled on that. I just Aww. thought it was funny that there were no other elements, nothing in the decorating. Or the theming, nowhere, just that. Why'd she get overruled on the was song? Probably it's the a only, pretty song. It was song. too gloomy. Oh, whatever. Anyway, just thought it was fun. <laughs> we goth girls should be allowed to do whatever the fuck we want. It's our goddamn wedding. Um, but yes, I, I do think that Corpse Bride does a lot of these elements better, and, and that you know it is appropriate for children. Like it's a little scary at times, but it, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's it's an okay movie for kids. Like I said, a very Disney Channel type movie. Uh, it just yeah. makes me so sad to see, like, a cool spooky concept go in a weird yeah. <laughs> kind of meandering direction like that. Yeah. And it's not entirely unfunny. Um, no, no, they're a good movie. Madame Leona, Leota is um, portrayed by the, the actress who voices Bonnie on yeah. Family Guy. <laughs> And she has some great line delivery. (laughs) Um, There's a scene where, um, so she's she's trapped in the crystal ball. There's a scene where Eddie Murphy is in a car, and she is in in the crystal ball in the passenger seat. And he says, "Hold on!" And she deadpan goes, "To what?" (laughs) I don't know. It cracks me up. She ain't got no hands. Yes, there, there, there are there are some fun moments for sure, and, and you can tell that 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 the cast is really most of the cast is really trying. Like the guy who plays the butler and everything. Oh, he is giving it. He's his really all. doing it. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I really liked him. Um, I, I kept trying to figure out where I recognized him from, and I think that I, I recognize him as Chancellor Valorum from the Phantom Menace, even though I was looking at his other IMD credits and I. 
IMDb credits, and I was like, okay, I, I know I've seen some of these movies, but I don't remember who he plays in them. And I was like, am I just remembering him from that bit part in The Phantom Menace? Because <laughs> I've seen the goddamn Star Wars movies so many times. Probably. Um, anyway, so yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, like, worth a watch if, you know, you're watching it with your kids, or you just feel like putting something spooky or, yeah, on in the background. Or, yeah, if you're just curious... It's, you're yeah. not going to have a terrible time. Right, right. It's not unwatchable. It's just kind of like, eh, it is a movie. Yeah. That's so. final verdict. It is a movie. <laughs> it sure is a movie. All right. We will be back after the break for another movie that is also a little more than just a movie. It's, it that a mo- movie can be it's, a movie or It's not just a movie. A, um, more than it's a also movie. a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and a franchise. That's true, Oh yeah, it definitely is a fucking franchise. Okay, well, we'll be back. Hey everyone! Thanks for checking out our show. Give us a follow on Twitter at SoundsFilmiliar and let us know any film pairings you would like us to cover. Did you also know that we have a sister show that covers cryptids, UFOs, and anything else strange and spooky? If that sounds like your thing, be sure to listen to I Hope You Exist on your favorite podcast service. We love you. Now back to the show. And ready to discuss, uh, I would put this movie near the top of the list of movies that are far better than they have any right to be. <laughs> That's a good description for this movie, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, especially given that, like, like we were talking about with, like, pirate movies kind of weren't very much of a thing. Right, like... like it, I don't know what Master and Commander is about, but I would not pirates. Just say a similar it's about, aesthetic. Like, the Royal Navy. S- sure. Uh, th- those period. are upstanding British Sim- gentlemen. <laughs> so, so they're the the bad guys in Pirates of the Caribbean. Some of the bad, not bad guys. The in between guys <laughs> yeah. would be the Royal Navy in Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> um, Master and Commander is good. I I think you should watch it. Um, it does have a guy performing surgery on himself, which is a little gnarly. I always hate that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, but it's good. It's, it's really good. And it's not super graphic. So I think you should watch it at some point after you've had a couple drinks, maybe. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so, oh gosh, what's that one? I know I've, I've read a little better, watch some YouTube essays about, uh, like, that one there was that one movie with like gina davis that they made in the 90s that like we're really hoping was gonna be big and it completely flopped oh my a god yes it was a pirate movie and it's sad that it flopped because it had gina davis as a lady gina pirate davis? oh my god she's the lady in beetlejuice i don't know that's the only thing i know for sure that you would know okay how do you spell gina davis g-e-e-n-a oh, see i'm already i'm already wrong oh my god what's it called anyway so so that was uh from what i can recall they were hoping that would like uh take off and it very much didn't um i want to watch Throat the island yes 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 I want to watch that at some point just because the premise seems interesting to me, even though I've heard it's not that good. Uh, I'll watch it for the vibes. Christopher Masterson? Who's that again? He's the oldest brother from Malcolm in the Middle, but he would have been a 
baby in this. <laughs> oh, God. This was 1995. In Malcolm in the Middle didn't start until, you know, like the early 2000s. Well, the Jeez. fact that there's a kid in it makes me slightly less interested, but, like, <laughs> I love kids, but not in my pirate movies. Uh, except for Peter Pan. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so apart from that, this wasn't really, pirate movies hadn't really been a thing since, like, what, like, Errol Flynn? Uh, or something like yeah, that? Yeah, there had been the occasional attempt, but the most successful was probably, like, Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, yeah. Which fucking slaps. <laughs> okay, to be fair, yes. Muppet Treasure Island is great. Um, yeah, and it's funny because it seems like such a ripe area for cinema, like... They hadn't figured out how to do it while walking that line of, yes. like, fun and leaning into it, but also, like, surprisingly high quality. Like, it helped that, like, the director and the screenwriter and the cinematographer and the costuming, like, everyone is at the top of their game yeah. here. Like... Most other movies similar to this you can think of are lacking somewhere. They're, they're lacking in one specific area. A good action-adventure movie knows what it is and does all of that well. Yeah. Yeah, and it's um, one thing that I miss about, you know, the action-adventure movies of this era or before the modern era. Modern as in, like, you know, the past decade or so is that they're not really winking at the camera about being what they are, if that makes sense. Like Right. It's like, it's, um, God, what I've said before about, like, the scenes in the best superhero, the best scenes in superhero movies are when they're not winking at it. Yeah, when they're just fully you know? committing to being what they are. Right, like, it's like, we've already accepted... The, the enemy is a giant raisin and there's a, a fucking raccoon that talks. Like, we've accepted that. You don't have to wink at it anymore. You can give us... Yeah, we're here for that. We want that. Right, like the heart-to-heart -heart moment with Rocket and Thor. Yeah. It's good. It's not winking stuff. at itself at all. It's when right. sometimes movies in this genre are afraid of fully committing because they feel they're silly yeah. and they fear silly. the audience thinks it's silly and so they have to tell the audience that they're in on the joke like it's okay you don't have to think we're silly we're not cringe bro <laughs> i'm not owned <laughs> i don't know you know like uh but right and this one does play it very straight by which i mean like we talked about before it's still funny and like having a good time but the joke isn't on the fact that it's about right. pirates. Right, the humor comes from the characters. Right, yes. Very important. Um, another aspect of this movie I like is that, and I feel like why it feels a little more like a, like a movie about pirates as opposed to just a movie that has pirates in it, is that it has kind of, well, as we talked about in our last episode, a moral spectrum, kind of. Um, and it has bad pirates but also kind of good pirates right but they're there's still, you know there, it, this, questionable. the characters in this movie run the full gamut the, the entire spectrum of good to evil and chaotic yeah to, that's to, always to fine lawful um, right right you like you've got norrington who is lawful good you've got will who is probably like chaotic good. I, I, it starts as lawful good and becomes, becomes chaotic good word, and yeah. jack is true neutral or uh, uh, chaotic, chaotic. Neutral, that's what i, I meant say, Cha yeah. that's what i meant chaotic neutral <laughs> and then you know you've got barbosa um 
you know, chaotic evil, I guess. And then in the later ones, right. like in the second <laughs> Even one, he like kind of evolves. Yeah, and then in the second one, we start introducing like the the East India Trading Company, who oh. are, you know, lawful evil. Things, get but that's not complicated important. Later. We, the, the, yeah, we're that's not talking true. about the, any the, of that. The navy in in this one, like the Royal Navy, is kind of like lawful neutral kind of like lawful right good they're to all neutral. lumped in with under norrington and his command yes it's it's all one in this right um and i really like that it i think the first movie does it really well because it has a lot of different factions kicking around um the subsequent movies i know opinions kind of divided on those like some people think that they're really good others think they're really bad i'm kind of in the middle i i think there's a lot of good elements, and you get to spend some time with the characters and learn more about them, which is cool. I do think it gets a little too convoluted and, like, too, I don't know, plot and MacGuffin-oriented mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. Um, even <laughs> the warning signs are there with this first one. Like, <laughs> even it gets a little twisty at times. <laughs> like, right, going back we're... and forth between locations, jumping between characters. Like... Yeah. And we were constantly, Stephanie would be like, oh, why this? And I'd be like, no, Stephanie, because it did the curse this, the curse that, blah, no, blah, blah. But... They play a little fast and loose. Yeah. Right? So, like, why do they need Will's blood? Okay, so, if they need Will's blood, that means his dad was part of the curse. That means his dad was cursed. Which means that his dad must have been stuck at the bottom of the ocean, undead, just n- unable to die and constantly drowning until Davy Jones showed up to save him. Is that? Um, but I feel like if that's not addressed in the subsequent movies, which I don't know if it is or not, to be fair, I don't exactly. think it is. If that's not addressed, I would say that according to the film's canon, that's not what happens. Because I feel like it would have been addressed otherwise. But he would have... See, we're already oh, wait, doing I don't this care. Again. I don't care. We already talked we're about already this. It doesn't this. matter to me. I don't care. I truly don't. It doesn't affect the story, so I don't care. It, it It's it's not clear what happens, and I, t- I truly do not care. So you can have whatever you think. You're right. Have a great day. Anyway, yes. Besides I, the potential convolutions of the plot. I've seen this. Here's the thing. It may sound like I've only seen this movie once or twice, but I've actually seen it oh, a million God. times. We didn't even go over that. No, it we didn't, didn't even go over that. So I first saw this movie not in theaters, but the same year. My parents bought it on DVD, and I remember them being like, "It's a little scary, okay?" And I was like, "I'm fine." I guess it could be a little. Scary and I was for fine. A, a kiddo. Um, and I have watched it. I don't know at least once a year since then because this movie is just infinitely watchable it's one of those that like if it's on i it can't just be on in the background like i'm going to sit my ass down and pay attention and watch it because it's just it pulls you in the script is good the characters are good it's just it it you it's so watchable yeah yeah to me i don't know it does kind of remind me of like the mummy or like indiana jones or something or it's, like, that fun type of, like, adventure with some, like, supernatural elements and, like, some charming characters and some morally gray characters and just, like, yeah, like, just fun action-y stuff. Um, this is also my blah, 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 blah type time of watching it. Like, I, I don't, I don't even know. I, I've seen it a million times. I actually, now that I say that, though, I'm not sure when I first saw it. It definitely wasn't in theaters, and it, and it wasn't the year it came out. Um, I want to say... Oh, gosh, I, I actually don't know. Probably 
probably around like late elementary, middle school. So probably a few years after it came out and I don't remember the circumstances either. I do remember really liking it. Um, I didn't think it was that scary. I've never really been scared of skeletons, I guess. Which is like <laughs> the only scary stuff that there is here. So I was just kind of like, well, that's nice, I guess. Um, and of course, you know, I was familiar with the ride because I grew up going to Disney World and stuff. So I was just kind of like, yep, that's about what I expected. Um, so I, I've seen it many times since then. Of course, have seen all the subsequent movies. Um, uh, some of which I'm sure we will talk about here at some point. Um, and none of which are as good as the first one, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, so, so the it is kind of that quintessential type of movie that I really love in that it has a little bit of everything, but it just balances it really well. Like, it's got a little bit of horror, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of romance, like, a lot of action, a lot of adventure, like, that kind of stuff. Like, some mystery. Yeah, just everything you really want in your movie, you know? It's a specific type of movie that is not really made anymore. Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking about that, too. I was like, in some ways, this kind of has the vibes of a movie that could be made now. But when you look at, like, some of the particulars, I guess, you're like, hmm maybe not it of course even that i hesitate to say because they have very recently made pirate movies pirates or... they made pirates of the caribbean movies yeah i uh, you know give a who who was the guy that directed both league of extraordinary gentlemen and van helsing oh steven summers yeah his name? just yeah. give that guy his own fucking <laughs> studio to make a whole bunch of shit like that I know. It doesn't need they to don't be masterpieces. Yeah. They might we'll be able to pump them. out the occasional Pirates of the Caribbean. He is not the director for this movie, by the way. I'm not. I'm not trying to imply that. No, no. I, more I and more that it's the, the 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 type of movie that I yearn I yearn for. I know. No, it. The I've mummy, always loved movies this, like this. Those two national tre- treasure. Oh yeah, yeah. National treasure as well, which was the year after this, I believe. Yes. Also made by Disney. Um. No, right, right. I I love that kind of movie that's kind of like a... It is sort of a fetch quest, but in a way that, I don't know, it's fun. It makes sense. Like, it's kind of mysterious. Um, Yeah, so anyway, uh, well, the only only movie in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise that I haven't seen is the most recent one. Mm, Uh, Same. Dead Men Tell No Tales, which... The title annoys me a bit because Dead Man's Chest, Dead Men Tell No Tales, too similar! But yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, and I probably will at some point. I I just know I'm going to have to grit my teeth for it. not heard good things. No, neither have I. Um, I, The the one before that, the only non-trilogy one that I've seen, is also kind of eh. Like it's it's yes. okay it's okay. Uh, the but we're here to talk about yeah. this one. Um, let's talk. Yeah, about... we won't talk about the running of the franchise into the ground. We'll, we'll just talk about this let's movie. Let's talk about the characters. Mm. I love the characters in this. <laughs> I think it's a good variety. Um, I enjoy pretty much everyone on screen. Like, I think it's good for a movie when there's no point in time where there's a single... There, there is no You're single like, character that I'm like, this guy. This character. Right. Like, 
Elizabeth is fun. Her dad is fun. Yeah. Um, both the, the, the Royal Navy and the pirates have their own bumbling duos who are both funny in their own ways. They're both just different enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, even I even like Norrington because mm-hmm. he's like a total square, but he actually gets like good humanizing moments. Yeah, he's not he's not just the dog of the law. You know, um, he just, he seems that way at first. And then as you get to know the character, you know, you get to understand him a bit more. Right. Um, which is always nice. Yeah. Um. And he's really hot in the sequel. Cause he had to, he had to lose the powdered wig and the hat. Yeah. <laughs> and good for him. That was Poor a good Commodore. development for him. That's true. It wasn't a good for development for him as um, far as his life kind of went to shit, but he looked a lot better, so... And, and this was, of course, before they flanderized Jack. Um, yeah. He's a he's a bit more threatening in this one, you know? There, there are multiple yes. points where you genuinely question, like, is he actually going to kill Will? It feels... Like, he don't... feels less bumbling and more just unpredictable. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know... Which is good. Like, the the character who's kind of at your focal point of, like, of ambiguous morality, like, you, if there is a character in a movie like this who is of ambiguous morality, you do want them to feel a little bit threatening. Like, <laughs> you don't want them to just feel like, oh, you never know what that guy's gonna do, but you want to feel like, you never really know what that guy's gonna do. <laughs> right, like, there's that scene where, um... Oh, someone asks, whose side is Jack on? And someone responds, at the moment? Yes, like, <laughs> exactly. Like, that's good. It's a genuine question because, like, one, he's constantly flip-flopping back and forth because of his unpredictability. But also, two, you need to know because, like, you you know, he, he's a force to be reckoned with. Right. And, yeah, and that's what kind of, I mean, it's true of him over the entire series, but best illustrated in this one is, like, always kind of tending towards good but maybe never completely getting there or never completely getting there reliably i should say <laughs> like but but tending more towards good than bad like enough to keep things interesting and yeah and so he has that cool dynamic with will where they each have to become a little bit more like the other which is you know your classic like buddy comedy thing but you know in this type of movie where Will is, like, kind of a square. He's, like, an honorable good boy who just wants to kill a bunch of pirates and win over his lady. He's a bloody lady. pirate. <laughs> yeah. It, the, right. Like, he starts off kind of boring, but, like, just charming enough that you're like, okay, where, where's this guy going? Like, and then, you know, over the course of the story, he has to become a little more chaotic. And, and... A, a good part of that is that it's illustrated by him learning to accept his father's legacy because at first he can't accept like it's very much like a Luke and Darth Vader thing but you know like his father wasn't like <laughs> an evil galactic overlord but like he was a pirate and that's difficult for him to accept at first and Jack has the great line is like you can accept that your father was a pirate and a good man or something like I don't know you can fall off the boat or whatever was going on at the time and so that's kind of I, I guess that's his tie into the story, that and, like, the whole thing with the, the curse, which, once again, we don't really know the ins and outs of this, but one way or another, his dad was involved in the curse, and so he has to undo it, like, thus continuing his father's legacy. It's cool. 
Um, and, and has to embrace the piratey side of himself, which, like, oh no. <laughs> I guess that was the 18th century equivalent of, I don't know, us embracing the... <laughs> Whatever the worst kind of criminal is currently. Well, fortunately, he's already got a leg up in that he practices with a sword three hours a day. Exactly. So that when he meets a pirate, he can kill it. Yeah. Oh, he uses the it pronoun. My man's is edgy. Um. Oh gosh. So so what what do you think? What do you think? Um. Elizabeth's arc is kind of an interesting question because she kind of has a sort of a similar arc. But she, that being said, she doesn't really seem as <laughs> as uh, lawful as Will. What first comes to mind, so Elizabeth is, uh, she's the governor's daughter, and so she's rich, relatively speaking, um, expected to be proper and polite um you know act like a high society woman um and as such she can't really do anything um she seems and like she someone can't... who's inclined towards that she's inclined towards adventure to begin with she's and, just not quite sure how to articulate it and she feels like she she doesn't have control over who she is allowed to be in love with or who she's going to marry and this ends up being a story about her um, being able to explore her, her freedom outside of, you know, daddy's mansion. Um, and also what that means for her romantically. Because at multiple, at mul she considers different, her different uh, romantic options at different points in the movie first she considers norrington and at a certain point she even considers jack and then she finally realizes it was will all along um and she does show interest in him at the beginning but he's so he once again he's trying to be super honorable and good and like stay in his place like she try she tell like she tells him like she wants him to call her elizabeth but he is just like oh miss swan and she's just like sure mm -hmm. <laughs> and um and so she so, starts off thinking that that's not going to be able to happen because he won't let it happen. Right. And so I think her arc is about her learning how to assert what she wants. Right. And I do like that aspect of her as a character is that she's weirdly active as a character, especially for oh, yeah. kind of being the damsel in distress for a lot of the movie. And yet she makes so many like choices and like move so many things along mm -hmm. um and and feels like a genuine point of view character which is really great to see um yeah like i mean the movie has a lot of protagonists but i'd say like she's definitely one of them if not the the primary one like we do see a lot of the story from her perspective and even kind of start out with her in that little um flashback sequence at the beginning um and, and yeah, and even through kind of, I, I always thought it was kind of kind of sweet, but ends up not working out well. Where she claims that her last name is is Turner, like Will's name. Of course, like that's what occurs to her because you know she likes Will. Then <laughs> of course they assume that that she is the one who can break the curse, and um, 
and even then, even though that ends up not being true because she's not actually Bootstrap Bill's daughter, it's still like her taking her first steps into this this larger world in the hero's journey sense, like getting involved with it in that way. Um, and like obviously, <laughs> she she doesn't take to it right away. <laughs> she doesn't really love being kidnapped by ghost pirates, which is totally fair. Um, but. Um, she still ends up being really a really capable protagonist, and which is really great, and feels like maybe something that wouldn't have been true in an older movie. But <laughs> we were kind of right on the cusp of realizing that lady characters could do things in the <laughs> early two thousands. Mm. But yeah, yeah, I think she's like you said, a really good active protagonist. Stuff doesn't just happen to her. She is actively affecting the world around her consistently. Um, great villain. I think uh, Jeffrey Rush does a fantastic job oh, yeah. as Barbosa. My man. He's the MVP. Chewing the scenery. He is just. My man is the only person who could have uh, ate the scenery up more than him was um, fucking. Uh, Stephanie. What? Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry himself was the <laughs> only person who could have who could have been more. Tim Curry definitely could have played this role. Uh, but yes, Jeffrey Rush absolutely kills it. And it's it's once again walking that line that we were talking about between it's not self-referential or referential or whatever you want to call it. It's not winking, but it very obviously knows what it is and is having fun with being that mm -hmm. like being that type of subgenre like obviously jeffrey rush is playing super cartoony like old-timey pirate like obviously but in like a way that he's completely committing to it and the character you really believe that the character just is that way mm -hmm. like and of course you also kind of believe that maybe he's gone a little kooky with after being cursed for so long he's been, he's been at sea a bit too long yeah, you exactly. know what i mean got, got a touch of the madness or whatever um Cabin fever. Yeah. <laughs> yes um right he, he that's another good thing about the movie is that like it is very populated by archetypes but in a way that makes it feel fun and kind of like a like an old-timey pantomime <laughs> as opposed to mm -hmm. to just boring stock characters right i feel like a lot of movies could have had uh, a pirate captain who is just evil and like nothing more yeah but well okay i say that i was going to say barbosa leans a little bit into the mustache twirly villain but like that's what hook is right yeah right like that's what um um <laughs> dustin hoffman did with hook in hook um yes. was added a little bit of that glee that <laughs> that that jo that joie de vivre the joy yeah, of evil having a great time um, and also you know the thing about barbosa which does come back in subsequent installments when he comes back is that he he is definitely the bad guy but you never get the sense that he's like evil just for the sake of being evil it's always very much like based on his own personal guidelines <laughs> or whatever like the he, the whole crew of the the black pearl but especially him like they have a very particular goal in mind that they are going for like they unlike perhaps what they were before they're not just going around wrecking shit for the fun of it like they're specifically trying to break the curse and in that way they 
they're pretty sympathetic and now that i think of it why would our heroes oppose that yeah i feel like i've thought about this before but i can't remember what conclusion i came to or if i came to one i'm like wait it if the blood thing didn't require them to actually kill someone which is true like it doesn't require them to kill someone we see that why not just let them do it and then you have a band of killable pirates yeah i now i'm stopping and thinking about this and i'm like wait what is this the only issue i have the royal navy doesn't know anything about that all they know is that the pirates have elizabeth okay yeah i'm not even talking about really the royal navy because obviously they're just like assholes who are gonna do whatever like Uh the law says they have to do i guess i'm more just talking about i don't know our heroes everyone else well, it's, it's, that's where the, the, the script ends up playing this complicated juggling game where it's like, okay, the, the, the Barbosa and his men has a, have Elizabeth, okay, and now, uh, they're, Barbosa and his, his men have Jack, but Will and Elizabeth are free, and then we trade again, yes. and now they've got Will, but Jack and Elizabeth are free. See, that's why it's... I said the warning signs of, like, how, how complicated things would get in the, in the following movies. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a little, it does feel almost a little forced that, like, we couldn't just, like, help the pirates break their spell so they stop fucking bothering everyone, like, and, and just to try to be a good person and help a brother out, like, I don't know, I would, I, I would, you know, in a different universe love to see a, an ending to this where it's, like, someone, probably Will or Elizabeth, probably not Jack, <laughs> would probably be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm do you guys a solid. Like, here you go. <laughs> like, here's the bloody coin. You're all freed from your curse. Now, go and sin no more. <laughs> or something. <laughs> like, which probably wouldn't happen. No, you know, the first but... thing w- they would do is head straight to Tortu- Tortuga to do a bunch of sinning. <laughs> but I don't know. It almost feels like they've been roaming around, like, pillaging for long enough. It seems like all they want to do is eat and, like, get laid. And, you know, it- it's cool. They- it- Tortuga's the place to go for that. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It, it is a little funny. It just seems like, well, obviously, with the plot being the way it is, obviously, they couldn't just, like, help them out because they were doing a bad. But it's, <laughs> if it had been written ever so slightly differently, it would make a lot more sense for them to just be like, oh, cursed pirates? Well, let's just fix this real quick, and then you are no longer unkillable. And that has to be better for everyone, right? You don't want unkillable pirates roaming around. Anyway, I, well, I mean that is the turning point of the, the final act. Yes, is when suddenly the pirates are killable, and some of them inexplicably drop dead of their wounds, but not others. But we don't need to. Yeah, we don't a... need to go down that rabbit hole either. That's yeah. It's once again don't 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 think of the less you know the better. The only I really do love the part though with with when um her dad or <laughs> no. That's pretty funny. <laughs> I love her. Her dad has his own private battle with a skeleton hand, like <laughs> just man v hand. <laughs> uh, God doesn't give a man any more than he can handle, and <laughs> all he could handle was a single skeleton hand. No, that's what's so funny about it. Like, obviously, he's a pr- prissy little bewigged um, <laughs> governor man. Like, so he has to go one v one with the hand, and you know what? He wins, and good for him. What were you um, going to I say? I was going to say. Uh, Barbosa's death is played really cool in the movie, even though 
it is undermined by him coming back in later movies, but it's fine. I... I was listening to the score, and the fact that I knew the exact moment in the score where where he realizes that he's been, like, fatally shot, I, I knew the exact moment, like, the key change in it, and I was like, wow, that's that's impressive, but on the, both on the part of the movie and, you know, the, the score done by, I believe, Hans Zimmer, um, in that, it, I don't know, there's just the sudden switch to, like, a, a minor key, and, and it's like, oh, just death suddenly <laughs> that thing that didn't seem possible like moments ago um and him like looking down and realizing that there's like actual blood pouring from his body like it's it's pretty cool and kind of gnarly <laughs> like especially because he doesn't even at first seem to realize it because he spent so long not being able to be killed um and of course you know that i feel cold <laughs> like oh god it's really sad <laughs> like you really feel awful but then you remember oh it's okay <laughs> he comes back at the third one outside of that <laughs> yeah forgetting that right but it, it's a it's a pretty great Jeff moment Rush though. bringing it oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's still like he still has the like zany like pirate look but suddenly brings a lot of pathos to that moment like here's a man who just wanted to live again and the moment he gets the chance to live <laughs> he dies <laughs> It, it's it's really good. And I mean, it's set up previously that he can't feel anything. So the line, right. I feel cold, Right, and there's the, the ellipsis between the... it. He says, I feel, and it's like, cold. <laughs> because, you know, I feel n- neither... Some, I can't remember. He starts rattling off a bunch of stuff that he yeah, can't that he feel. Can't do, like, he can't taste things. The monologue. The, the warmth of a woman's touch or something like that. Um, right, and... <laughs> It makes me hope that maybe some of the crew were able to keep living, but I don't really know. They probably just all got hanged or just died immediately. No, fucking, um... Uh, That's true. What's his name? Rossetti and... The, the what's funny guys yeah, or whatever. They live. That's true. What? How did they end up... You know what? It's fine. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but so much in these movies, you just gotta be like, yeah, that, the movie told me this, so that's how it is. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I do really like that whole ending sequence there, um, kind of with, with the good use of the supernatural elements balanced with, the, <laughs> you know, the actual natural elements of the battle. Um, yeah, I really like all that. So what do we think of these movies as adaptations of Disney rides <laughs> and what that means and how well they accomplished that? their goal well i mean the with pirates of the caribbean basically the they had the a blank entire slate. ride yeah like they most, had an aesthetic that they had to meet most of the ride is just the pirate raid which happens a few scenes into the movie um and to be fair is kind of the i guess the inciting incident like there's some stuff that happens before that that is important to the plot but is the thing that really kicks stuff off because it's when Elizabeth gets kidnapped and it's when, um, well, immediately afterward, you know, Will <laughs> busts Jack out of the prison. Um, and of course there's a reference to the, the pirates in prison with the dog, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like they, they escape because like a cannon blows through the wall or something. Um, right. Uh, 
I do think that, like, it's good that they incorporated that because it's like, okay, that's an interesting, inciting incident to use for the movie. But there wasn't a lot of, like, actual plot to be lifted from it. No. Um, and Haunted Mansion, to the layperson, is still just lifting the aesthetic. Most people don't know that the the ride has a rough plot or story. Yes, it, or more so that the ride has, like, a backstory. Or, like, yeah. the setting that you are taken through has a right. backstory. Right, right. Which you can see bits and pieces of, theoretically, you know, like in the attic and stuff. Even though, like you said, isn't the actual story that it was, like, a bride who killed her husbands or something? And then in the movie, it's, like, not Well, bad. that was the story of the bride that you see in the attic. So there's different I don't stories. know if, yes. Yeah, I don't know if that's related to the owner of the house. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure he hung himself, because he's the one you see true. hanging you in the open. That. Yeah, you see that when you first enter the house in the, the long elevator. Yes, I... I don't know. <laughs> right, there's a few, I think, but I think that's actually, like, canonically true, is there's a few competing backstories, or, like, mm. maybe they all kind of were part of the house at some point, if it's been around for a really long time. Yeah. Um... But I think, most importantly, what these rides both provide is the vibes. Yes. <laughs> that's kind of what the movies are building on more than anything else, <laughs> is the vibe. Um, which, you know, obviously I think that Pirates of the Caribbean is a little more successful because the vibe is a little more consistent, whereas with Haunted Mansion, it's, you know, it's trying to be a yeah. couple things at once. But... But I definitely respect the effort. <laughs> um, a for effort. Yeah. Well, because the problem is if you tried to make a, a movie that was more straightforwardly scary and spooky, it probably would be uh, leaning a little away from the usual Disney formula. Well, I'm, they just should have made their... It's, it's fucking Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island. That's the tone they needed to, <laughs> to, to strike. Once again, I still haven't that bullshit i thought you and i watched that oh, last did I year see it? i probably did I'm oh really if you don't remember it that means you're gonna have to rewatch it i i'm sure once i re once i rewatch it i will remember elements of it but i'm just saying that's now, what I they should have gone for remember. it also is takes place in louisiana always a great spooky setting right the haunted mansion movie takes place in louisiana the original haunted mansion ride is in i think is called like new orleans square in uh, Disney World in Orlando does not have that. Um, so it's in a different... It's in a... What's the name of the park? Frontierland? Or is uh, it Liberty next Square. To, Liberty Square. It's in Liberty Square. And it's a different style of house, but, you know, I don't know why they chose to make it different, but... Oh, yeah, you're right. It is a bit more East Coast. Yeah, it's like New england -y New England. Of. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. And the West Coast one is very... Um, southern gothic i guess which is funny because it. like in disney world i guess they were like yeah we could see new orleans any day yeah <laughs> we're yeah we're that close to it but why right we are that? you and i are equidistant basically from new orleans and orlando yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right so i guess they were like yeah we're gonna go in a different direction with this but i mean it's probably smart if you're gonna have the same ride in two locations you might as well make them slightly yeah, different. diversify it a little bit right um but yeah i do think as far as replicating the vibes, you know, I think they're both more or less successful, and that's the whole point, right? And I'm sure 
got more people interested in the rides and vice versa. Right. But one of these launched a multi-million dollar decades-long franchise. Ooh, imagine a Haunted Mansion franchise. That, I don't know, what would that even look like? A family-friendly horror movie franchise. I mean, it seems... We never even got a Beetlejuice sequel, Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. That died in pre-production. Well, the problem is also, if you, like, reverse the the curse on the house, it's like, well, do you keep... You gotta go around finding new curses. Yeah, you gotta go to new new haunted houses, which, I mean, I'd be fine with that. The Mummy tried it. That's true. And we've seen the Mummy sequels, or at least I have. I've seen the second one, like, one time. I don't really remember much about it. you've never seen Tomb of the Dragon Emperor? No. Hmm. It's a good... Have you ever seen the Scorpion King? Yes, actually, oh, have? I have seen the Scorpion King, but it was years ago. It was like on TV. I sh- maybe I should stop talking. Like, what if we want to talk about the Scorpion King? <laughs> oh <laughs> God! Don't don't you put that evil on me? Okay, okay. How about this double feature: Scorpion King, Prince of Persia, with fucking Jake Gyllenhaal. What? Oh, Prince of Persia, of Persia. right? Oh, jeez. I that most Persian of actors, Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> And The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like The Rock just frequently gets cast as the ambiguously brown guy. Right. I'm... <laughs> uh, the Scorpion King is great for the, the the aesthetics and the vibes. Like, there is no other aspect of it that is really good. But the, the aesthetics and vibes are fun. So, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of, I don't know, otherworldly adventure movies. Could be fun at some point. Mm-hmm. At some point. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, any any concluding thoughts here? I like Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> or, wow, I like me the, too. I, li- I like the first movie a lot. Anytime I have to watch any of the sequels, I'm like, <sighs> okay. Mm, I still, I like, think that two, the two sequels I'm not in even the trilogy. Gonna, I'm not even going to say the second one is bad, Dead Man's Chest. That's all right. I am going to say it is intensely convoluted. Yeah. With some good things. And I will say the third one is convoluted to the point of negatively affecting it. Yeah, the third one. I don't even know. It, it, that's okay. That's beyond the scope <laughs> of this episode. Yeah, yeah. That's a little, a little out of our depth here. Um, okay, so anyway, um, my name's Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at Steph has no name and on Letterboxd at Ray's Left Boob. Uh, my name's Caleb. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at actual underscore Caleb, and you can find this show on, on Twitter at Sounds Familiar. Drink up, me hearties, yo-ho. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to check the episode description for any links we may have included related to this week's episode. You can find us online on Twitter and Instagram at Sounds Familiar. If you'd like to get in contact with us, drop us a line at soundsfamiliar at gmail.com. We'd like to thank our friend Chelsea for our logo. Check her out on Instagram at ChelseaBHDesigns. We'd also like to thank Shane Quick for our theme music. If you feel so inclined, please leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We'll see you next time on Sounds Familiar.